0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 4, Episode 9. Today we're talking about Mother's Day from 1980, directed by Charles Kaufman. I'm Joel Ascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor, Sergeant Kabuki, Man McGraw. And I'm Josh Schaefer. Welcome to the dumpster. So yeah, what's up? Uh, we got we're, we're talking about Mother's Day from 1980 today, and we have Josh Schaefer, Josh Lunchmeat from Lunchmeat VHS with us today. How you doing, man? All oh, groovy, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm fucking fantastic, dude. Um, so so what so what's cooking? Um, I mean, we know who you are, and I'm sure a lot of people listening know who you are, but can you do us a favor and tell the folks that don't know who you are what you do and and. Uh, all the mystifying fantasticness of Lunchmeat VHS.
1: <laughs> wow, that's quite an intro. Thank you. <laughs> well, I run LunchmeatVHS.com and Lunchmeat Magazine. Um, it is your number one destination for the appreciation, celebration, and preservation of Video and VHS culture. Um, pretty much a catch-all for everything VHS. Um, been doing it for, what did I say earlier, like 14 years now? Yeah, 14 years. Long time. Yeah, time flies, man times they do fly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, just been doing VHS culture forever, you know, got got a magazine, got a website, you know. Bunch of VHS releases, T-shirts, anything VHS culture—we're doing it. So
0: yeah, that's fucking sick, dude. And you also had a—you also had a few releases recently, right? You did Action uh, USA on VHS. You just dropped.
1: Yeah, that was the second press of it. it. Just came out yesterday, but this time we did a really rad, uh, officially licensed T-shirt, first one ever for Action USA, which we're very excited about because that movie just rules. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, we just did that one. We just did the last blockbuster on VHS, and oh man, that was a. a wild trip jeez yeah we've been doing it doing a bunch of vhs releases for years so keeping it going
0: yeah hell yeah man uh are you i don't know if you want to talk about it just yet but i
1: think you did tease it uh you teamed up with gorgon to re-release house of the devil
0: on vhs
1: yeah we just did that one too yeah that was really fun um just did a limited run of that one because i it was one of the first fresh vhs one of the first new vhs that i remember seeing back in the day and hell yeah man wanted to bring it back to vhs because i think it's a really cool fit for tape
0: that's the the Ty West movie right Mm-hmm. I remember being uh, geez, that must have been like Monster Mania I don't even 2000 whatever the fuck <laughs> 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 you know where that came out and uh, yeah me and my buddy Chris Barr were at the uh, the convention and we saw that it was a fucking bundle we didn't even realize that it was coming out on tape so we freaked out so I think that's so awesome that uh, you're giving uh, collectors now and and, and uh, people who miss it the first time to get a, another chance at it so that, that's really awesome yeah
1: man it was a lot of fun it's an honor to work with gorgon you know you grew up around that label and it's just it's amazing you know
0: really cool oh yeah man it's really incredible i'm super happy for you super proud of you that's awesome josh also gave us a bunch of stuff for our uh trashing through the snow giveaway over uh over last christmas for you guys we Got some calendars and some stuck on vhs books oh we didn't even talk about that that's a the book that you put together and a bunch of other goodies that he gave to uh, yep. MD to to give to you the dumpster dwellers as like a, a freebies so um so that was fucking sweet too but yeah you teamed up with Mondo and you did and you released um, uh, stuck on VHS a book about VHS uh, labels and like rental stickers correct
1: that's right
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's also that's awesome too
1: I <laughs> know yeah it was it was a lot of fun man I mean uh, I worked with Jack Lawrence on that and it was a concept that. Uh, I was working with for a little while and it was cool and um, I'm glad that Mondo wanted to do it that Alamo wanted to do it. And it kind of just lucked out, you know, I was just sitting there talking with uh, cause I was working for Alamo at the time and no longer do. But uh, at the time I was running their video store, video vortex and a couple of the Mondo people were there in the bar hanging out. And I was telling about the concept for the book and they're like, that sounds great. We want to do it. And I was like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we do. So, uh, Jackie and I kind of just, uh, Jackie did a ton of work on that book. It was a complete collaboration and and we're just thrilled that people received it. And, you know, it was kind of a wacky idea at first, you know, and, um, but I really think it's important to, to preserve all of those stickers because it preserves the video stores. It preserves, you know, a vibe, like the, the languages and, you know, just all the crazy ephemera, you know, that existed in sticker form on old rental tapes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. To be able to take a freeze frame of that kind of culture and share it with people.
0: Oh hell yeah, dude! And it, it's just like pure warm, uh, cozy blanket nostalgia reading that thing. Well, that's
1: what I like uh, to hear. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: all, all the good feels. Yeah, put you put you right back walking down those aisles, man. That's awesome. You also, uh, you, you've. I don't. I'm, I think there's correct. I don't know how many there have been, but they're But the Mahoning puts on a VHS fest. Uh, the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, and uh, you got we got one coming up soon, do we not?
1: Yes, we do.
0: <laughs>
1: July, July ninth and tenth, man. Hell yeah, man. What do what are you guys showing that night? Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Ooh, and Lene Quigley's coming out. That's amazing. Yeah, Swartie Babes, and that's for both days. She'll be there both days. We're showing Killing Spree, and Asbestos Felts coming out.
0: Oh, dude. <sighs> It's going to be such a blast, yeah. and, and listeners. If you if you guys haven't made it to the Mahoning yet uh, in PA, definitely do it and definitely come out for VHS Fest because it's a blast. And uh, Lania Quigley is going to be there, and who else is going to be there?
1: Uh, asbestos felt and asbestos felt
0: and someone else, right?
1: The director of Savage Harvest will be there. Eric Stans. and uh, yeah, it's going to be really cool, man. I work with Ross uh, from Saturn's Core on it. You know, it's it's definitely my favorite party of the year oh man it's gonna be a good most one rewind inclined radical time of all time
0: <laughs> for sure 110
1: percent. yeah man
0: and then you know it you know how it is oh yeah that's what i'm saying y'all gotta fucking go go do that get your tickets go go get your tickets for mahoning uh driving theater for vhs fest baby and
2: before we uh get into the uh, deep parents here we get too deep into it uh just do us a favor please if you haven't already wherever you're listening to this whether it's apple podcasts or google podcasts or spotify youtube wherever you're listening to this stitcher we're everywhere uh just leave us a five-star review and uh if you got the time leave us a review because it really does help get us out of the dumpster and into more eardrums and uh, we got patreon don't forget our patreon patreon.com slash movie dumpster check that out for behind the scenes stuff and uh we got commentary tracks so uh, check that out, please, for five and ten dollars tiers.
0: But yeah, today we're talking about Mother's Day. So if, if as our guest, would you be so
1: inclined, rewind inclined to?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: Plot crunch this, brother. Okay, so three college best friends reunite on a camping trip and are terrorized by backwoods buffoons and their batshit crazy mother.
0: Bingo. <laughs> I didn't
1: know we we're watching Wrong Turn. <laughs> Yeah. This
0: is like Texas Chainsaw on acid, man. Right. That's what this feels like.
3: Yeah. Salvia,
1: maybe? <laughs> maybe Texas Chainsaw on like a 30-pack? Of Keystone Light. <laughs> a warm Keystone Light. <laughs> so, yeah, some really gross beer
3: you pull out of the cabinet. You're like, I don't know, a friend gave me this.
1: It's got like dirt all over it. 240's of Old Steel Reserve, man. Warm. Baking on the porch. That you found
3: unopened next to a woods porno. <laughs> Charlie Bounty Hunter's porn that he left for you in his warm 40. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, those are mine. Give those back. Shit. And uh, this
2: this mother, by the way, that we're going to get to is definitely related in some way, somehow, to GVD.
3: You know feel like she's, like, one of her villains, if I have to make a rogues gallery for Granny Van Damme. Like, this is definitely someone that she's fucking gone toe-to-toe with.
0: <laughs> oh, maybe not toe-to-toe. I think she's the fucking witch from the East, dude. Like, if GVD's <laughs> the West Witch in the MDU, she's the East Witch for sure, man. Mama? Mother? The titular mother?
2: And then who was the other one from uh, Black Christmas? What was her name, the, uh, the mother in that movie?
0: The drunk woman that watches over them yeah well she's kind of like she's like the 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 drunken whatever she's like the glinda right she's the drunken glinda <laughs>
2: <laughs> Floating drunk she floats in a bubble of her own you know you see those uh, old cartoons with the bubbles popping off of drunk people but it's that's the bubble
0: i guess she's gonna you know, have a fight the old lady
3: or whatever miss mac miss mac that's
0: what it was
3: miss mac all dressed in black that's right yes I'm sorry, I'm just re- like, I'm recontextualizing Glinda as, like, just being sauced the whole fucking time. It's <laughs> just <And she's> like, the Dorothy's gonna be the city, just over that way. Little people the bushes. You might have crushed this witch with your house. It's <laughs> fine. So I wanna talk
0: a little bit about uh just kinda just in generally. This is directed by Charles Kaufman, who is the the brother of good old Uncle Lloyd Kaufman, founder of Troma. Um him and Michael Hurst founded Troma. And this is part of the Troma catalog, but it wasn't originally released by Troma, which is kinda uh strange to me. Um I believe uh Saga Saga Film uh released this uh theatrically when it came out in nineteen eighty. And then it doesn't get picked up for video until 1983, uh, where media releases it first. And then I believe the rights flip over to Video Treasures in 88, and they do a release then. Right. Yeah, that's so
1: funny, because the first VHS tape I bought of Mother's Day was uh, not neither of those. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I got the BFV, which apparently is probably a bootleg. But, um, you know, so there, that, I think that one's from 88, maybe. So I'd have to check the box, but yeah. So this does get
0: brought back into the Trauma catalog, but doesn't get released uh, under the Trauma banner until 2000, I think, on DVD, and then uh, and then it flips to Anchor Bay, and they pick it up and they release it in, in 2012.
1: I don't know, but I have a Troma VHS release of Mother's Day for sure.
0: Yeah, they did They did put it out though, right? W- was that like in the 90s when it was like the Troma classic or um, where it had like Troma's like banner on top of it? What is it called again? Yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know where you were going with it, Joe, but did you know there was a remake of this movie that came out in 2010?
3: Oh my God. Yeah, there sure is. It's got Frank Grillo, doesn't it? Because I think I watched this and fucking hated it. Well, guess who
2: directed it? One of your favorite directors, Connor, I would have to imagine, based on your love for this
3: series... Your boy. Darren Lynn uh, Bozeman. Yeah, you know what, and as I'm watching it, it did feel like a fucking discount saw, too, but it's... Okay, like, this movie's mean. That movie is just a fucking bleak trip without any joy whatsoever, and, like, (laughs) it's way too long for what it's doing, and the ending is fucking ridiculous... Um, it's just, it's a 90-minute cruelty reel. I, I detested that movie. I also, I watched it, like, a week after a very significant, like, perspective-changing development. I was like, wow, this is just nasty, and I fucking hate it. And now you get to, uh, talk about the original. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, I had no fucking clue, and when I sat down today, I was like, wait a second, did I watch this two weeks ago? <laughs> I was like, no, that's on Tubi. That's a different movie altogether. This is on Shutter. They're two different, totally different things. Ugh. So you, so you watched it last week? Jesus Christ. The remake? No, a few weeks ago. Oh, why? Honestly, what I, I do Tubi Roulette, where like I just pick something, and then I just let it play because I'll be doing something on the computer, like I'll, I'll like whatever, I'll, I'll clean it or something, and then it kind of just came on after something else, and so I was like, hey, eh, what the fuck is this? Because I've seen this poster for this like everywhere. And so I, I saw Frank Grillo looking very baby-faced and not at all threatening. I was like, okay, you have my curiosity because why is he not dressed like the Punisher and doing Punisher things? Because he's always who I wanted as a Punisher. <laughs> um, or just being, you know, generally aggressive and yelling at Captain America.
2: I, I think I know what really happened. Connor saw the schedule. He said, hey, we're doing Mother's Day
3: in like a month
2: eh, I think I might as well watch it now. Fuck it. And then by the time it was over, I was like, I don't think that was the right movie.
3: <laughs> I wish I could take credit for being that much of a good planner, but that's not at all what happened. It's more like just me stumbling face first into something like I always do. Apparently, it's nothing. It's like super loosely based on this film. I've never seen it. It's a it's a home invasion movie first of all, and it's like a house party happening with like like I said, Frank Grillo's there. There's a couple other actors I would recognize in it. Um. And uh, it's two bank robbers who are brothers, three bank robbers, there's three brothers this time. One's wounded and like they just like shack up in this this like house for, I don't know, to recover, you know, to hide. And they just take them all hostage. And like one brother is like he's just psychotic and rapey. And everyone's like, stop doing that. Uh, The one's more level headed. Oh, uh, Iceman from X-Men's in it, too. That's right. So they kind of hold this party hostage and they make someone there, it's Iceman, actually, uh, who's a doctor, like, take care of the brother. And then when things start getting out of hand, they call Mother to the house, who then shows up to, like, <laughs> I don't know, like... Lay down the law? Manage everything? Yeah, she's like, she shows up as, like, a fucking district manager. She's like, all right, well, let me just figure this out real quick. Get the fuck out of here. What are you, Mama Fratelli? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And then after that, it's just like... Let's see how many different ways we can make you watch uh, th- these despicable people murder one of these completely innocent people. And like they'll build up a protagonist and then immediately murder them. Oh, subvert your expectations. It's not very good. I hated it.
0: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so so by the way, just side so note, I think Spiral comes out next week as as this recording drops. Does it not? This movie has my curiosity just like all over the place. Oh my God, Ripe Review could be. We'll see. So anyway, uh, so yeah, Charles Kaufman directed this film, but he's also a writer, um, and he wrote a bunch of, um, the original Dennis the Menace cartoon episodes and a couple of the real <laughs> Ghostbusters episodes, which I thought was pretty interesting. Huh. Remember that fucking show? Remember the, De- the Dennis the Menace cartoon? Yeah, I remember the one when he, uh, raped
2: Mr. Wilson, and I remember the episode of, uh... <laughs>
3: Wait, what?
2: The real Ghostbusters when Slimer was really bending somebody over. <laughs> This is a very weird movie, I guess is the word I would use. It's one of the original video
0: nasties, man.
2: I I could see why. This was the first time I ever saw it. Like I kind of knew what I was going into because of just, over the years we kind of talked about maybe doing this movie and then never really pulled the trigger on it, and then also with Joe Bob's drive-in doing it. You know,
0: you see pictures on Twitter, people tweeting about it and shit. Yeah, I actually missed that episode of it, so. And by the way, I just want to put a put a pin in that uh this episode was scheduled before that episode came out so i just want to tell you that you know we're
1: doing this because we wanted to do it yeah i thought that was so funny that you asked me a a movie and i was like mother's day and then two days later it comes on joe bob it's It's just more that
0: more of the prophecy dude every time we say shit it happens
1: (laughs) exactly i was
2: thinking the same thing joe (laughs) just like taming the t-rex Cut. We did that. I'm, I will accept no other explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, what do, you, what do you guys say? You want to get into this? Let's do it. Well, we kick it off first with this, like, hippie couple at this fucking, uh,
3: like, R- Ron L. Hubbard fucking, like, camp. <laughs> This guy Ernie giving a speech. This guy is like just one pair of sunglasses away from like everyone let's move to a place I call Jonestown. Oh man, drink that Kool-Aid. Drink that ego. Because <laughs> it was
2: EGO, Ernie growth opportunity. Well, it's supposed to be ego, but yeah.
1: Yeah, Lego my ego. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like oh my ego, ego, <laughs>
3: ego. I don't like these uh, kinds of uh, good g- people. These these self-proclaimed empowerment dudes. Uh, I think they're just kind of scam artists.
0: In case you didn't notice, this movie's mostly
3: satire. So
1: yeah, I don't think Charles Kaufman liked them either. So.
3: Yeah, uh, I also <laughs> thought for a hot second, like as the camera's kind of zooming in and zo- zooming in uh, zooming in on them, it's like kind of coming to focus. I'm like, is that Rhodes from Day of the Dead? That would be great if he starts screaming at everybody right now. <laughs> He says some shit, like, he's like a motivational speaker for people, and he's
0: like, don't, if you leave here, don't you start thinking when you walk out that door, because then you'll doubt yourself, and you know what, you already know everything there is to know, so don't you dare doubt yourself. You go out there, and you you, you just be a fucking asshole to everybody that you that you meet, because you know what you're talking about, okay? All right, great. Kiss the motherfucker next to you and say that, you know, good job,
3: or whatever. <laughs> He's like, you're all graduates now. (laughs) Of the ego program. Joe, you didn't talk in circles for nearly as long as he did, okay? You're being way too concise. We don't have that much time, Connor. (laughs) So then uh, these hippie-like people are
2: walking out, and you see them talking to this old woman with a fucking neck brace on.
0: Beatrice Pons, uh, or she's credited as Rose Ross in this movie, but she's the uh, titular mother. Oh,
2: yeah, and uh, I knew that going in just based on the poster and the little bit I knew about it, but uh, I'm sitting there like, okay, so they're kind of playing this angle where she's luring people in. Yeah. I was immediately
0: hooked, because I was like, okay, yeah, where are we going with this? She's great, and this is a little, like, deceiving, because... It kind of sets up the fact where like, oh, it's Mother's Day and like, oh, is she the main killer or or what's the deal? Right. And I guess she does lure i guess they have to lure people sometimes because they're so remote anyway i love how these uh
2: people that go with her because they she offers them a ride they basically look like they're about to kidnap and like steal her money yeah
0: the guy in the back seat's like pulling a rope out from under his shirt there's some really good like gags where like he they go to like they're going to steal the car but he's like he's like all right you know coaxing the chick in the front seat and she ends up like turning on the fucking radio (laughs) instead of stealing the car he's like oh thanks i I can't live without my music
1: yeah but they put he he pokes that and in the uh, in the beginning too, is like because they are doing the role reversal. Like who's who's the killer here? Yeah, he's like, hey, lady, you like music? And she's like, sure, sure. All he wanted was just to hear some music. (laughs) He sure like exceptionally the rope. The rope thing though is probably just you know a prop to make him seem more menacing. Oh, for sure. I thought it was
0: done pretty well. So
1: yeah,
3: for sure. I like how they came dressed for a robbery to like put on your mugging clothes.
1: I mean, this guy's got the
2: worst wig on, being held to his head with a fucking bandana.
0: It's like a fucking. uh... It's like they're like dressed up like the Manson family. Like, like, oh yeah, everything's cool, man. Peace, love, whatever. But
3: we're gonna steal your car. They look like foot soldier recruits. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
2: They're getting cigarettes from uh, from Sam Rockwell. From Sam Rockwell. Regular or mental. But yeah, the whole thing is the car's pulled over because it breaks down, and while they're inside playing with the radio, Granny comes up. Well, actually, Granny doesn't. I forgot. It's uh, her kids, and one of them has an
0: axe and cuts the guy's fucking head off. Oh, dude, he machetes this guy through the fucking window and takes this guy's head off in the backseat. It's fucking sick.
1: I love... I love this scene. It's so good.
3: Uh, this is the first instance where one of these two will demonstrate what I what I perceive as fucking superhuman strength. Because he swings in this dude from, like, four inches away from outside of the car into the car and just lops his fucking head off. I'm like, wow, his fucking, the strength in his arms must be incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, did you not see the serial killer training camp that's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Go,
3: get, go outside and run your Ivan Drago serial killer courses. <laughs>
2: Yeah, mom's coming home with the ego pamphlets, handing them to the boys, like, read
3: up, boys, read up.
0: Yeah. They're like backwoods hillbilly mutants, but they're also wise guys right well they're in new jersey they're in the fucking pine barrens yeah (laughs) yeah
3: they're trying to
2: make this like this This is like deep south i mean granted i live in new jersey we are all pretty much well joe and connor and myself are from jersey and there are some parts that are like this i have to admit
1: that well i'm from a part of new jersey that's like this oh there you go i mean i mean not exactly but it's pretty close to right (laughs) (laughs) every single one of
3: us lived by lived in an area where you can walk for 10 minutes and find something like this okay <laughs> Maybe 20 minutes, but okay, yeah. It's a lot more lush than the than the Pine Barrens, I would say, though, in Jersey. Well, this is the Deep Barrens, which, by the way, sounds like a fucking Bloodborne area. Like, you're going to Deep Barrens, ain't ya? It's got a death
0: curse!
2: Oh, my God, when we get to that part. But uh, this this girl that's in the front seat with this, like, straw-colored hair, she kind of looks like a poor man's Lady Gaga. <laughs> she She gets ripped out of the car, and then, you know, the smaller of the two... Uh, goes to raper, and that's you know. Get ready for that. Just warning
0: now. This is a theme throughout this film. Heavy duty. Well, if you're coming into this movie and you don't know what it is, I'm sure you've looked. And if you didn't look it up before you listen to the episode, this is a rape revenge movie. Yes, it's an exploitative rape revenge movie, straight up. And it's got tra- it's got the trauma stamp on it. I mean, come on, you know you know what you're getting into. So that's like the that's like the cold open, right? And I love the way. This has a little bit more meat than, you know, you think of Troman, you think of, like, Toxic Avenger and, like, and, you know, more, like, over-the-top, really silly shit. But there's a lot of uh, great uh, storytelling in this film. And this is one of those parts. It opens up with that as a cold open. And then we kind of cut to, you know, the title card or whatever. And then there's, like, a slideshow of these three girls, like, reminiscing about all their memories and stuff while they're still in college. Or it's, like, their last day of college or whatever. And the credits are coming up over this whole thing of them showing slides of different things that they, that they done together and, and talking about like times past and stuff and reminiscing and stuff. And it's, I thought that was like really sweet and what a great way to establish those characters to come like right out of the gate.
1: Yeah. Super well done. Yeah. You know, it's a very memorable uh, credit sequence because it's so important to the film. Right. And I've always, you know, I've always thought of it like that. Two things that I did want to say about the, uh, the cold open with, with the machete they uh, rented that car, and if you look really closely, you can see that there's um, plastic stapled to the roof of the car because of splatter. The <laughs> they didn't they, had it, they rented it, so they didn't want the blood to hit the top. Um, and there's always that they fixed it in the later uh, things, but in later versions of it. But she, when she screams. She screams before he gets his head lopped off, but she's already covered in blood. So I always, I always thought that was funny. I always enjoyed that too. <laughs> I'm stuck in a time
0: loop. He keeps getting his head chopped off. I, I mean, that, essentially,
1: dude. yeah, yeah, all that—that's cool stuff about it.
0: Oh, and just real quick, it, it does come up in the beginning of the credits. It says Wolf Breath College, 1970. So this is like. Uh, what is it? Ten, ten years? Yeah, ten years prior. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, and just let's establish the fact that like these three uh, women um, consider themselves they they call themselves the Rat Pack, right? That's their that's their little group. I yeah. I thought that was a little
2: stupid, but sure. Friends have nicknames for their groups. Whatever.
0: Yeah, I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a great, like, bonding thing to have them all together and to come back the way they do. Because um, you're not because you're thrown into this and you're really not sure what the fuck's going on. And then it and the visual storytelling in this is amazing. So. Um, so, yeah, we have that intro and then we get 10 years later to all of these three girls lives because that that credit sequence ends, ends with them saying something like, uh, you know, I wonder where we're going to be when we grow up. Fla- flash forward, you know? Yeah, we, we flash forward to fucking
2: Boogie Nights <laughs> o- over at uh, Trina's house. In fact, in one of the rooms in there, William H. Macy just shot his fucking wife and her lover up and just blew his brains out.
0: <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's walking around with his dick hanging out somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think Trina's... Uh, that's her guest for the party. Oh,
1: yeah. This party's simply too too. <laughs>
0: I love it because, like, it's just so fucking bonkers. Like, it's like bougie artsy pool party is that what we're going for oh yeah there's like blossoms there
3: the fucking butler and he's cutting loose with his fucking hot pants on dude everyone's doing cocaine everyone here has money okay like this is this is this is a yuppie party john claude's there he's got ten thousand
2: uh dollars worth of cocaine he brought with him
0: <laughs> dude two ten ten thousand fucking bison bucks he's just making it rain on fucking kylie minogue <laughs> in the background
3: this is all the cocaine i could not finish while filming street fighter i'm gonna snort all this fucking cocaine kylie Carly would not come to this. She said she's embarrassed of me. And fuck (laughs) I'm going to fuck everyone in this pool party. Who's first? This is where he comes up with JCVD. What if I did a movie where I was just a fucking loser? I think this is where he learned about that uh pro
2: tip from Richard Pryor. They were over there in the corner chit chatting. (laughs) Yeah, you put it on the penis, oh, okay.
3: <laughs> and then he lit himself on fire. He was great.
0: Just an aside, I love I love the way that this how this scene is uh tied together because there's this person roller skating and we keep cutting to the roller skating and it keeps introducing us to characters and like all these I mean, they're not they're tertiary, they're they're not important at all, but I just love the way that the scene is kinda like played together. Or I love the way the scene is kinda played together.
3: Uh isn't there a guy like with a beard who like snorts a big fucking pile of cocaine someone addresses him and he just passes out like oh yeah there's a lot of that <laughs>
1: just tips over yeah i'm pretty sure that's charles kaufman's uncle or charles kaufman's i read that it was one of charles kaufman's uh relatives there was a lot of his relatives in that scene and, and crew people too in the well are we talking about that old
2: man that's sitting on that woman in the bathing suit or Because that definitely looked like a Kaufman.
1: Yeah, it might have been. But I I think it's Charles Kaufman's mother that says, that has the dog. And she's like, this party is simply (laughs) (laughs) two-two. That's his mother. And it's Charles Kaufman as the teacher in those slides. Oh, I believe so. That's what I've read before, yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
2: But this woman gets a uh, Western Union, much like
0: Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, it says Chang's dead. Details later. Yeah, a letter from Grandpa.
3: I think I got the wrong letter.
0: This is from China? I don't who. Who the fuck is Chang? He said you were Chung. <laughs> Fucking Michael Anthony Hall shows up. So then we see a series of events
2: where like the other two women get a similar thing. We see this woman Abby, um, who
0: kind of goes home. I think it's Abby, right, where her mother's screaming at her the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's Abby. Yeah, we cut to Chicago, and it shows it shows Abby doing her thing, and she's like, she's a libra- I believe she's a librarian, and she has this like domineering mother who's. Uh, that she takes care of.
2: I'm sick! I'm very sick! I'm sick, you know! I'm very sick! I'm, I'm very sick! She just screams... It's like, uh, what's-his-face, Howard's mother on, uh, Big Bang Theory?
0: Oh, yeah, well, Bedelia, you bitch, man, that's what's going on here. It's Father's Day. You know, she's like, uh, she's like, oh, I'm so sick, and you're a fucking whore, and you, that's all you're doing when you're out, you're going, you're whoring around when you're not home or some shit. You know, basically just, like, belittling... Abby it's messed up it's fucked up and and that's another kind of theme We'll we'll get into it but that's kind of another theme
3: of of the film maybe she's like what's his face is grandpa from Willy Wonka and she just stands up all of a sudden she's like I'm fine I'm gonna kick your ass Abby yeah grandpa Joe
0: (laughs) I got a golden
3: ticket but
2: then she gets a western union then we go to the final girl uh well maybe a poor choice of words On that one, but we go to Jackie. It's very deceiving, but we go to Jackie, yeah. And uh, she lives in New York, and she goes up to her apartment, and she gets uh, a letter herself.
0: Yeah, and they're all pretty mildly successful. Um, at, at, at whatever they're doing. She does have this, this bomb-ass boyfriend, this hanger-on. Oh, uh, fuck this guy,
2: man. Stealing money out of her purse and then using, like, a rolled-up 20 to snort Coke. A 50,
0: and then he fucking pockets it.
2: He sticks it, like, in its crotch.
0: You know, it's just, just too much art in me, you know, I can't go get a 9-to-5 job because I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, this is the,
3: uh, oh, it's hard being a diva. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he also introduces himself by walking up behind Jackie, uh, like grabbing her around the waist and covering her mouth and just holding her in the air for 30 seconds I'm like done out get the fuck out like that's how you greet people (laughs) it's supposed to be like a fake out but the way that he handles her is just so like what are you
0: doing man
3: yeah it's like dude, you didn't even think about that. You're like, wouldn't this be funny?
0: And uh so she packs up and she fucking leaves and and leaves the scumbag behind. And she, once she's walking at the door, she like she's like, "I love you." And he just like, <laughs> "Yeah, whatever. Have a good time. Bye.
3: <laughs> Take it easy." "I love me too." Yeah.
0: <laughs> Could not give two fucks. And that's kind of the wrinkle of her character where she's just been totally treated like a piece of shit by men like in her entire life. Man, I I hope she doesn't uh, get killed cuz I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. <laughs> (laughs) oh well (laughs) can i
3: crash here for the weekend thanks babe bye my my economic future depends entirely on her survival uh so yeah so
0: there's a lot of heavy-handed kind of again this is a satirical film there's a lot of um it's like a satirical film kind of encased in this uh rape revenge movie but like (laughs) think about what you just said there just for a half a second i know it's insane yeah, but that's, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of, like, a final thought thing, but, like, that's why I feel like this has persevered the test of time. But anyway, as a cult film, but, like, sure again, there's, there's just, like, some heavy-handed shit where, like, there's, like, this bum, and he's like, Rockefeller makes a million a day, and he just keeps, like, repeating that, just showing, I don't know what, the decay of Western so- society and how it's, like, how, like, wall street's fucked up and the one percent's a piece of shit or whatever you know
2: yeah and they even have like a line in there where we're like the one guy working there is black and he runs out and she's like oh yeah maybe you'll be free one weekend one day to go on a vacation and he's like free one day and he, he runs outside he's like i'll never be free as long as i'm a black man living in america it's like whoa it's like yeah
3: okay there's
2: no mincing words there and she just speeds off like you know not even thinking about it just like all right
1: see you later yeah, well, bye. That's great. Here's a Pepsi. I think that these scenes do a really good job of, like, introducing these characters in their in their present life. Like, Joe, how, how you said they do a really good job of, like, in, like, what, 35, 40 seconds or something to show who they are? Yeah. Like, I think it shows where they exist now, you know? And I mean, like, you know, Trina's really posh and she's kind of... Uh, bitchy and kind of... I don't know if that's the right word. I uh, she's uptight. She's uptight for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I want to use that word, though. I'm just saying, like, she's kind of, you know, like... Uh, conservative? Conservative. You know, and... and uh, she does
2: yell at the butler to get the hors d'oeuvres out of there.
1: That's the only reason I said that. She's like, tell Dressel to stop jerking off in the kitchen. It's <laughs> like, uh... It's pretty good.
0: You're embarrassing me.
1: You know, but I mean, she's uh, assertive, is what I should say. And oh, yeah. Also a little sharp and acerbic. You know what I mean? So... I think it presents that really well in, like, what, 30 seconds? And then Abby, you know, and I like how they're all spread across the country. Like, she's L.A., Abby's Chicago, and, uh, you know, she's in New York. So I I thought that was really cool, too. Love it, man.
3: I think this entire stretch, it's like a 10 or 20-minute stretch of, like, just these three just hanging out and either reminiscing or just bullshitting and being friends is actually... I think they spend the perfect amount of time on it because when things start going south, like kind of gave a shit about what was happening, which is more than I can say about other slasher movies of this type like i joked about wrong turn but like wrong turn will throw like 11 faces at you and go pick one to care about doesn't matter because someone's gonna be wearing their face in an hour they're also all
0: unlikable in wrong turn where everybody here is like relatable you know what i mean
3: yeah yeah everyone in those movies is a caricature of something you're supposed to hate so that you you know you cheer when the barbed wire fucking garage <laughs> comes out or something but like yeah this is uh this is a little more uh sensitive i guess yeah well that's kind of not what the, mo- the movie's not about the the gore and the killing
0: it's about the the journey that these that these women have and again like I can't stress enough like that visual storytelling and like all of that stuff and like just Josh Josh has said just bring it all bring it all in really quickly but really poignantly and telling the backstory of all these characters it just within visuals and like just little things in the background like like we find out who Jackie is too from her fucking mess- her answering machine. You know what I mean? There's like messages from her her husband who had just divorced her and her mother who's like, my your your father knows this really rich guy. And he's super. You better go. You better go marry him because he's rich or whatever.
3: April, I hate to do this to you, but you're fired.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then they
2: uh, they get picked up by Jackie and uh, they start going on their way and uh, they stop on their trip. You know, somewhere else in New Jersey, out in the deep, uh, deep, 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 deep south of New Jersey, I guess. And uh, they stop at this convenience store, and they act like a bunch of chuckle fucks. And just, like, fuck this guy's store up. They're wearing, like, bags over their head.
3: Wha- okay, so Jackie goes into the store first to talk to this guy, who has just finished slicing his finger with a knife.
1: That's a good little, like... like- horror shock right like i remember i first saw that and like even still and just like it's brutal you're like well it's gross to look at because he's not really trying to treat the wound he's just standing there with this
2: like rag over it, and it's dripping all over
1: yeah yeah i like how there's a fly on his hand when it happens and then like there's a fly on him when he's just standing there i don't know how do you how do you plan that you know
2: yeah um but yeah she's basically jackie's buying supplies and then abby and trina are fucking around ruining his store so of course you know after they leave he does the cliche old man from the horror movie thing and he runs out and says you are you are gonna get what you serve, as they fucking peel off he calls them
0: lesbians is that what he says come on man <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you, you lesbians are gonna go die in the pine barrens because you knocked all my shit over in my fucking
3: store. Did you know how long it took me to stack those fucking potatoes? And then he tells him that it has a death curse, and then he served a, uh, and then he served a notice for being sued by, uh, you know, Paramount. I,
0: I again, this is another another great thing. Like this, this movie isn't slow per se, but like it really put you in tune with these characters and kind of, like, what they're about and all their personalities and stuff. Um And like Connor said before, I think it's a testament to, like, giving a shit about them later. So Jackie has, like, these bags over their head and they're walking through the fucking woods to get to, like, Hidden Lake or some shit. Uh And they're, and you know, they're dropping, like, beer cans in the woods and stuff. And I was kind of pissed off at that at first because, like, what the fuck are they just, like, littering all over the place? I mean, it comes in. Oh, I knew exactly what they were doing immediately. Yeah. It comes into play later.
2: Fucking Hansel and Gretel. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down first. I didn't even know what happened later. I was just like, alright, they're gonna use this to come back to the
0: car somehow. There's a great shot where, like, uh, Trina's like, oh, you know, you guys are you guys are so, like, lower class or whatever, like, you guys live in shitholes or whatever, and, like, I, you know, it's not my fault. I chose the glamour. She takes her fucking shoes off and steps right in a pile of horse shit. Bear shit, dude. <laughs> or bear shit, yeah, I guess.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say, there's, th- there's definitely no horses out there. That's definitely something else very large.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, well, maybe a horse i do kind of love how quickly she recovers from that like i would have been like flipping out i would be like i'll catch up in five minutes
0: motherfucker." <laughs> barefooted by the way i don't know if you said that oh yeah oh yeah right between the
1: fucking toes barefooted get it oh, oh man ah. Ah. and apparently that that bear poop was edible was it Mmm. look delicious it does look like chocolate like straight up it looks like someone just stepped in a melted bunny i like the line where she's like uh watch
3: out there's bear duty <laughs>
0: Is that what you spread on your avocado toast this morning?
3: Oh uh, yeah, bear dude. Was a little bit of that? Yeah, <laughs> straight from uh, Deep barrens. Deep barrens special. I've never eaten an avocado, so I couldn't tell you. What?
2: Did you just say you've never eaten an avocado? Sorry, I just have to make sure I heard that. Never
3: had an avocado. I, I, Connor,
2: the definition of
0: a white man. Connor doesn't eat vegetables.
3: I do eat vegetables. I just was raised by a woman who was like, here's chicken, here's pizza, here's steak. This is what you'll eat until you're 18. And Connor <laughs> moved out. 14, 15 years ago, and it's like, I gotta listen to my, I, I can't have no fucking
0: avocados."
3: You gotta listen to your mother on Mother's Day. Yeah, that's true. If I was just following the rest of my advice, uh, or how I've handled her, I would just, you know, I would just eat candy until I'm dead, if I wanted to rebel that hard. Connor's <laughs> looking over his shoulder for fucking Queenie every night. <laughs> she's in the bushes oh queenie Yeah, i'll get to fucking queenie
0: okay now we're full out camping and we kind we come to find out that they do this trip every year and uh trina's getting sick of it she's like oh what are we gonna do this forever we're the rat pack i guess question mark um but we have this really great scene where they're kind of again they're reminiscing again and jackie um says hey you remember that time with fucking uh <laughs> oh god what the fuck is this <laughs> dubbers dubbers
3: they call him Dauber. No, 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 he calls himself <laughs> Dobbers, which is the biggest fucking red flag I've ever seen. And then we saw his boxers. I was like, "Oh, this is an alpha loser." Something right out of like a comic book. He's got the because basically he's meeting
2: who was it, Abby or Jackie, for a date. It's Jackie, and uh, they're going to the baseball stadium, and uh, they get to uh, the pitcher's mound. And this guy is like, oh yeah, babe, you really held out longer than any chick I ever dated. That's just, that's
0: admirable. And his fucking name's Brad, by the way. He's a fucking Bradster, dude. Of course. Brad Dobson. <laughs>
3: He's a Brad who then gave himself a worse But everyone calls him Dobber. Yeah, he gave himself a worse name. Well, it
0: is, at least it ain't Dobby. Well, it's the MDU, fellas, so Brad Dobson is actually Gage Dobson's dad who knocked up Lonnie Anderson and left him and his mom by himself. And then he meets Munchie, so that's how that works. <laughs> oh, no! Hey, man, this is how the brain works. I can't believe how fast you got there. He's been thinking about
2: this. Are you kidding me? He didn't just come up with that. <laughs> anyway, so this guy strips down to his skivvies, and he wears the you know this heart fucking underwear while she
0: runs off. <laughs> Kick up that fucking Tommy James and the Shondells, dude. <laughs> Their whole budget right there.
3: Yeah. If he wasn't insufferable enough first of all i do love the fact that like she's like i'll get the body oils and then just walks away and it just stays on him just walking in circles for a couple seconds and then you're like oh sh- yeah she's not coming back but the camera is just lingering on him while i think we're alone now keeps fucking playing over the speakers and then he starts doing push-ups of like i want the sky t- no wait 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 a second wait a second this man is naked at this point <laughs> <laughs> naked on the pitcher's mound doing push-ups to psych himself up for the sex and like at this point i was like i hope a fucking satellite dish falls on him like
0: like his dick is getting hard from the fact that he's like yeah i pitched a fucking no hitter on this mound baby and now we're gonna fuck on it <laughs>
2: yeah and uh they turn the lights on in the stadium and they trina yells into the microphone like a baseball announcer like i can't even do it justice but basically like Oh,
0: he's running for the, he's running for the hills. He's running for the outfield. Oh, look at him. Oh, uh, this piece of shit. Brad Dobson, you know, it's such, it's like one of the greatest burns ever. The thing is like, nobody's even around to see it, but they see it and that's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All the fucking lights come up on the stadium and they, and they burn him. And this is kind of the, the thing where, you know, Trina and Abby have always been there for Jackie and always had Jackie's back and always kind of uh, protected her. You know, So they, they plant that seed, heavy duty, in this scene. And uh, then we come back to the current timeline,
2: and while they're still kind of reminiscing, uh, we start to kind of see from the POV of somebody in the bushes and... Uh I hate to break it to you guys, but it's not Dr. Sam Loomis this time. Nope. It's not even Jason Voorhees this time either. Or or Michael. (laughs) I mean, he's got that heavy breathing, but it is not Michael Myers. But it's just a tease this time because we go to like uh, the next day and they're just kind of like hanging out
0: camping. There's like a skinny dipping scene, but it's not like egregious. It's like, you know, three chicks hanging out. Going swimming, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And they go fishing and stuff. And I just want to note the fishing part too, because Jackie and Abby are kind of freaked out by the fish and don't know what to do with it. And then Trina, <laughs> who, the least likely one you'd think of, gets up, unhooks the fucking hook from the fish's mouth, and then cleans it and cooks it for dinner that night.
1: That's a really well cleaned fish. Really yeah, clean man, fish. Goddamn trout. It looks like Heathcliff
0: fucking put it in his mouth and pulled out the bones. <laughs> She just very well may have.
3: She does that. She's
0: like,
2: <laughs> Gollum. Or she's like uh, Luffy from One Piece, eats the bones
3: and everything. No, there you go. It's a good thing he's made of fucking rubber. <laughs> whatever the fuck he's made out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, he's a, and he's a comic <laughs> yes. book character. That helps too. His insides, he's like, he's like I'm just graded inside pulp. Like, it's just everything inside of me is ripped apart. We get to one of the best uh,
0: scares of the movie. And one of the best psych outs because like they're sitting telling this tender story. Like Abby's like, you know what? Thank you guys. And they're like, what are you talking about? Thanking me for what? And they're like, you guys are like the best friends I've ever had. You know, you've always been there for me. You know, you've you've coerced me to do things that I wouldn't normally have done myself. So I just want to thank you for that. And Jackie goes to retort like tenderly, and out of fucking nowhere, fucking uh Ike and uh Adley. Adley, I'm. I wanted to stop for a second because. Adley can easily become Abby in 2 seconds, you know. Ah uh, yeah. So I can Adley jump out of the fucking bushes and just stuff these women into their sleeping bags and drag them To the fucking
3: Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. One of them is dragging two pillowcases, one in each hand. And again, I was like, is he a mutant? Like, how is he doing this? Dude,
1: serial killer training camp.
3: Yeah, man. Hell yeah, yeah. Again, he's getting those ego uh,
0: booklets from the fucking town meeting. Toxie wasn't the first mutant from New Jersey, man. It
3: was this guy. And Ma
2: Ma brought him into the world.
3: Is this like a... uh, A body melt situation where you have some fucking farm in the middle of nowhere producing this fucking super chemical and then it just and then it gets out into public and makes toxic. It could be, man. Uh, uh, don't worry, when he
2: mentioned Mama Fratelli earlier, I was immediately thinking of that body melt episode. Go listen to that <laughs> for context
0: from last year. So they so they bring the, the girls into the house and they go see Mama and they're like, Hey, my you know, Adley comes in and he takes and you haven't seen their faces yet. And now Adley takes his fucking mask off. His like, his like, I don't know. It's like, it's like sackhead Jason crossed with Donnie from fucking uh uh. Don't go in the house. And he t- he takes it off. And, um, he's like, oh, my! oh, we got the girls, ma, they're they're in the other room, like, what, what, what are we gonna do with them? And mom's like, did you boys forget something? Like, go wipe your feet,
2: and then kiss me on the cheek. Yeah, this is, this is what, uh, Norman Bates' mother was probably like in, before she died, it was just a husk in a chair. I don't know,
0: man, like, if this was, if this was- I mean, it sure as fuck wasn't Vera Farmiga, let's put it that way. Uh, Well, no, but if this was Mrs., it's like Mrs. Bates, but, like- Again like if she was pumped full of like 70s fucking pop
1: culture.
3: Yeah, no sure. Also she was broken living in the fucking woods. <laughs> the hotel <laughs> took a dive, Norman, we have to move out into the woods. <laughs> well
0: shit. That's one of the best lines of the movie because uh, I think Trina calls uh, Ike a back fucking scumbag or something like that. And he's like, backwoods. He's like, look around. We're cidified. What are you talking about? We got TVs and electronics and shit. We get the Playboy channel.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, mom always has TV on in the background, just background noise of this TV going. And you always hear these like crappy commercials playing oh yeah fucking what is it
0: dog burger ham, burger bites burger bits burger
1: bits
2: <laughs> that was a great commercial i love how they just stayed on that for the entire commercial
1: yeah i want to talk about the house a little bit since we're entering oh yeah the house i mean this house is is disgusting and it's like crazy and like there's so much i like because that house was abandoned i guess for like 10 years and apparently like they found a dead body there or somebody was murdered there or something oh no yeah that could be internet hooey but it's it's just like I've read it before, you know. It's
0: a good urban legend if it's if it's not true.
1: Yeah, and you know, there was apparently shot near, uh, you know, this, the same lake that Friday the Thirteenth was shot on in New Jersey, or it was close, or something like that. So, oh, they shot. So did they shoot this in Blairstown? Yeah, it's in Blairstown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they shot it there, and um, but that house, like, you have to look everything that they stuffed inside of it, and like if you look at like the set dressings and everything, it's really really interesting because there's so many. Obviously, I think we'll talk about the satire like the satirical nature of it, but there's like sure. you know, like Star Trek posters and like yeah, you know, all this other kind of stuff everywhere and then all the spray paint all over the walls and everything and like how the house is decaying. Like that's all like, you know, it's just really cool. The house it really f- fucking weird. It almost
0: seems like they're like trying to keep it updated, but not fixing anything. They're like, "Well, we got to find appliances, the newest appliances." What do you What do you mean? Meanwhile, they have this awesome Travolta from from like the
2: seventies poster. Well, yeah,
3: they're collectors of trash. They're hoarders, um, and on top of that, they have incredibly terrible hygiene. So you just have this like landfill that's kind of burst out from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we see a scene specifically about their
2: bad hygiene. I mean, granted, Ike. Uh, the guy, the bigger guy, or the bigger brother, I should say. Yeah, he ha- he's missing, he has, like, a eye that's dead, and he has, like, this, this, this these tarred-up fucking teeth, and he's... He's got Clue Gulliger teeth from fucking Uninvited, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's... His deodorant is, like, uh, grease you put on, like, a pan. Oh, yeah, he's spraying Pam in his pits. Fucking disgusting.
1: Yeah, and a- Adley brushes his teeth with beer, dude. With a yeah. fucking pap, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so then they drag the girls in these sleeping bags still upstairs so they're probably banging their heads on every fucking step if these women haven't already uh, been through the ringer
0: yeah they they, they dump them out on the fucking floor and they tie them to like uh, workout equipment yeah and uh, you know these guys are fucked up but I think mommy is mama is even like more uh, sadistic than both of them or masochistic than both of them because like
2: because these guys are like sex fueled but also like have the minds of like children sort of so it's like a weird Well, because they constantly are showing, like, their room later on, which we'll get to, but they have a lot of, like, baby toys and shit in there that they always uh, focus on.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I, th- I feel like they haven't graduated past like being 12 years old. Oh, for sure. Exactly. Oh, they're absolutely man children. Yeah. Like they
3: have, have like action figures, all with the fucking, the, the, the dress and everything. They're man children who are also depraved sociopaths who, <laughs> who find joy in torturing and murdering people. So,
1: no, I was going to say, and like I was thinking about this, you know, watching it again, and I've seen this movie probably over a hundred times, but you really start to like, not feel bad for them, but realize that like, man, they're just a product of this crazy woman. Yep. They don't know anything else. You know, all they know is like TV and like boxes of tricks, cereal and like serial killer, you know, training camp, which I've said the third time. (laughs) (laughs) It's really (laughs) one of the best scenes, you know?
3: So
0: dude, it really is. But yeah, like, like, like you said, like they've been, that's the, the, the connotation there where it's like, okay, well they've been force fed, you know, pop culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. In a way where like, Somebody who wouldn't necessarily have access to that stuff is, and they're just they're like they're like feigning like uh uh uh, being up with the times because they're talking about like (sighs) Adley really likes disco and Ike really likes punk and there's like two character caricatures of that right because like Ike is like this tall doofy guy you know dare I say Joey Ramone esque um, and. Adley's like this little, this little fucking, you know, Napoleon complex Coke fiend. It, It is the best way to describe him. Like, you know, disco guy, you know,
1: they are, they're very cartoonish, you know? And I mean, I think that's something that like, they're awful, reprehensible people. Right. But I think the only way you can have them be any sort of comic relief in this movie is like because they're complete like idiots and cartoonish at times. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And have no like real
3: handle on what the fuck is actually going on. Oh, yeah. They're brain dead outside of like, you know, whatever they can do within the confines of this environment. They're, if you, if you tried to like rehabilitate
1: these two, they would just fucking fail. Oh, yeah. Right. Like they're barely real humans. And it, it's a really, it's like, It's more like apparent when you compare them to like, you know, the protagonist, like, you know, like Abby and Trina and Jackie, you know, like they're very grounded in reality. You know what I mean? They have their personalities, but these dudes are like just complete, like horrible from hell cartoon characters.
2: Basically, they want to, you know, do what they want to do to these women. But mom says, no, just this one for now. And she points out Jackie. She picks Jackie out of the group and they uh, take her. Uh, you don't really know what's going to happen at first. I mean, you have ideas in your head just based on what you've seen so far, but what they do to this woman at first, I was like, is it is this like a dark comedy or something? Because this is like really out there. I, I think it's
0: uh, so... It, it's very effective, though. What Sean's alluding to is that they, they, basic, they, they basically do like a role-playing thing where they're like, you know, if you ever saw that classic uh, Looney Tunes cartoon with... Um, the dog and, and that cat—it's not Sylvester; it's a different cat, right? And it's like, oh, not happy birthday or whatever. And they're they're like picking different scenarios to uh, abuse this woman, like an improv troupe almost. Yeah, and it's all for the entertainment of Mama.
2: Cause she's directing and watching it, making sure they're doing it right. Training them?
0: Yeah. They, they pull a bench out like they're outside now on the front lawn. It's literally called The Park Bench. Can we do The Park Bench? Right. And, like, Adley's, like, walking a fake fucking dog and puts on a French accent. He's like, oh, Fifi, don't piss on that man's leg or whatever. And they, like, set her up on the bench, like, reading a, 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 a magazine. And Ike's, like, picking up trash or some shit. And then they put it on for a little while and then they immediately break and start like trying to rape her and mama tells them to stop because they did something wrong like one of them didn't hold her arms down or some shit and they're like alright fuck it you know let's start again
1: and they, and they choose a different one to do I mean I think it exemplifies like the depravity and madness that's happening in this house yeah no totally I mean and like it really has this weird comical bend to it and that's what makes it kind of an uncomfortable you know exploitation film it makes it really effective is cause like you know some people can just say like, like oh this is total trash but like there's like a lot going on in this movie
2: oh absolutely 110 it definitely makes me think of texas chainsaw first but then you know even though it came after this house of a thousand corpses which again is also rip, riffing on texas chain so it's like it makes me think of that whole kind of thing where it's like this is fucked up already but now that this woman's like smiling and shit and like you know you could they keep cutting to the friends hearing this happening and you, just the woman's face it's just like there's so many things hitting you at once it's like oh my
0: god it's also a thing where like they learned this from television right like they saw this somewhere and they're kind of like reenacting it to like add i don't know what another sick layer to like rather than just being like all right we're gonna rape her and leave her like we're gonna do this whole bit you know what i mean
1: it's all for their mama yeah well yeah that's (laughs) who yeah i mean that's like that's the thing is she's the art the ultimate villain in this because she is just this absolutely like batshit like, horrible person.
3: Yeah, her, her kids are her right and left hands for committing these fucking yeah. awful things. Because C- like you said, Josh, it is all for her. This is all just a show for her. This is how she's fucking spent her time. Yeah,
0: and like brainwashing them and, and kind of, you know, getting them to do her bidding, if you will.
3: And it is a gross power move because, like, they're your kids. Um, I gotta say, when the Polaroids came out, kind of disengaged for a few minutes because I was just, I had to, it was too much. I was like, okay. It's tough, dude, but again, like it's that thing that adds to it.
0: Uh, You know, you're supposed to feel with these characters and these people are exploiting them, you know what I mean?
1: I agree, though, it is revolting.
0: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. It it
1: does get uncomfortable, you know, and I think like a lot, you know, exploitation films do that. That's kind of the the point. (laughs) They're only for certain kinds of, you know, people, so.
0: They also
2: uh, just real quick, and then we can kind of move on from the scene. But uh, they put her in a Shirley Temple dress, and they uh, they hand her like a Raggedy Ann doll. And I just uh, I'm going to use this opportunity of this horrifying uh, moment in the film to mention that I'm going to be on talking about tapes next week. uh, As of the release of this episode covering the Conjuring, and my correlation to that is that the Annabelle doll uh, was originally supposed to be was originally a Raggedy Ann doll, and. that there's my plug go go check out hack the movies on youtube
3: <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um how do how do you get from rape to raggedy Ann in three steps sean will tell you <laughs> just
0: rewind and listen again we'll we'll just yep there you go so this is the first mention of queenie we get because mom's like oh make sure you bolt that door you know they finish with jack and they're like make sure you bolt that door because fucking queenie's out on the prowl and you're like who the fuck is queenie which then adds another entire new dimension to this movie
2: uh, i was convinced this was just some kind of thing she was saying because she's nuts and he wants her she wants her kids to always be doting on her, but then that last frame of the movie that we'll get to at the
0: end happens. Well,
3: yeah. I feel like that was uh, some kind of weird... Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. But yeah, they start talking about Queenie here, and my initial reaction was like, no, n- no, no, no. You have splaining to do, and the movie's like, forget that shit. Move on. <laughs> yeah, but
0: that's like a big, that's a big crux that she uses to control these guys. Like,
3: yeah, yeah, she, so Queenie is like this boogeyman that, well, boogie woman, boogie lady? Boogie girl. Boogie woogie woo, yeah. You just hear in the uh, distance, <laughs> It's GVD. (laughs) It's just Granny Van Dam in a fucking Sasquatch outfit. Yeah, I was just spooking you boys. Okay, get back to your raping and your pillaging. I just do this for the shits of the weekends.
0: It's like some kind of fucked up version of the village. Oh no. What are
3: you getting out of this GVD? Nothing at all.
2: Uh, before we go to the next morning, though, I mean, if this scene couldn't get any more disturbing they uh the, the boys are asking mom hey mom can we keep her for the night can we keep her in our room for the night oh yeah just don't be complaining that you're gonna be tired the next day and it's like oh
0: my god this poor woman yeah it, and again it it gets real it gets real un real real uncomfortable especially if you're especially if you go in not understanding what you're getting into
2: i mean it's again i i feel like i've said it a few times already but it is very effective it's just it's it's hard to sit through no sure um but yeah then we go to the next morning and this is where like i was talking about these like kids toys because they wake up to a big bird alarm clock and mom's in there cooking breakfast like it's just a happy
0: family she's like making pancakes and shit man i had that fucking big bird clock It's like, wake up, sleepyhead. Don't go back to bed. Get your feet out of the bed or whatever. Otherwise, I'm going to come
2: to your house and beat the shit out of you. I'll bring Elmo for backup. (laughs) Big Bird's going to have to send some Sesame Street justice your way. (laughs) Just like on The
0: Simpsons, he comes crashing through the window.
2: Elmo knows where you live.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this breakfast seat is fucking ridiculous. Just like donuts and like trick cereal and like... Pancakes, this motherfucker's drinking Quick out of the can without milk. They had diabetes for breakfast, okay? They just, they filled the table with
2: it. Adley is literally jumping across the table by stepping on these donuts and they just keep eating
1: them. <laughs> They're eating it out of like... Buckets, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like a a, like a mop bucket or some. Oh man, it reminds me of Gummo, and I was
0: like, oh yeah, like the spaghetti in the dirty bathtub. That's what it felt like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's totally disgusting.
0: I think it's good for the liver. (laughs) Yeah, get your fucking cheese whiz. Yeah. So then uh, we get our, or you know, we gotta go exercise, boys. Eat your breakfast because we're going for a fucking serial killer fucking training course. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is some some fucked up Rocky Four shit, man. Uh, This is my favorite scene in the movie, just because in comparison to what just happened, it's very inappropriate, but the fact that this movie takes such a fucking hard left turn into being ridiculous, over-the-top cartoon for a few minutes so i really appreciate it because i kind of needed the levity but yeah this is a straight up fucking rocky training montage like they're doing one-arm push-ups and it keeps cutting back and they're getting more tired they're fucking they're
0: the fucking push-ups got me
3: <laughs> they're fucking they got the, all these makeshift fucking uh you know workout devices they just like set up like fruits so they can smash them in you know a certain amount of time or whatever the fuck like it's if faces on them and shit <laughs> yeah it like josh said it, it it is a serial killer a serial killer training facility like it's ridiculous i love the music in this scene too well it, it's just basically a rocky yeah total
1: like sub subpar rock yeah subpar rocky ripoff like and Ma sitting there
0: with her <laughs> fucking clipboard like yeah very good very good she's blowing the whistle she's taking fucking ivan drago stats on the fucking uh uh, uh the bag no 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 the the <laughs> you know the the treadmill i fucking forgot there's a heavy bag they keep cutting back to me <laughs> yeah they're like stabbing sacks of potatoes and shit
1: my favorite part is where she's like now get the big one i can oh yeah <laughs> just this watermelon <laughs> and i don't know if you guys notice i don't know if it's if it's like a goof or what but there are nails in that park bench and i guess yes so i guess it would help the melons pop when when you know when he hit them or when he threw them down so i don't know what yeah it's for but i noticed that yeah
0: that's an old gallagher trick they implemented there
2: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah. Okay.
0: Put the put yeah. Put the fucking the nails in his mallet. No, it, it's funny you said that because I was thinking about that and I was like, oh well, was Jackie sitting on these fucking nails before, like in this bench?
1: Yeah. I mean, adds another just another level. Adds another layer,
2: and obviously, you know, keep adding some more levity to this fucking movie. Uh, obviously, got the watermelon from
0: Spivey's farm. You know, they only make him the biggest there. Oh yeah. I make them big with my magical manure. Oh, my God. Fucking Mama, GBD, and and Spivey are having a menage a trois after this with their fucking giant vegetables.
3: Ew. Mm. What a gross idea.
0: (laughs) So Trina, like, is able to, uh... Well, actually, they cut her loose. Like, she's trying to escape, and they cut her loose, and they're, like, distracted with something else, and they leave. And they just leave her in the fucking room, which was a big mistake. Right, well, there's this really intense scene where, uh... Abby lowers
2: her down in the sleeping bag out the window.
3: Another superhuman. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah,
2: I kinda love this scene because they We've talked about this on the show in the past, uh, but you know, great example of it is Terminator, where you take a character that's very meek in Linda Hamilton, and by the end of the film, uh they've they've broken out of their shell, they're standing up for themselves, they're they're a badass. Uh this movie with Abby in particular really, I feel like, nails that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Trina was already kind of standing up for herself. Like, she's also a badass, but yeah, uh, specifically Abby, they paint in the beginning is very meek, and uh, now she's really toughing it out, holding on to the string, because uh, they walk under them at one point, so she can't drop the sleeping bag right away, and her hands are bleeding, but she doesn't let go.
0: Oh, it fucking, like, cuts her hands like real good man and then for the rest of the movie she's got
3: these giant gashes in her hands i'm glad that did show like the damage it does to her hands because otherwise it's like yeah i think it would diminish how effective that scene is uh by not showing that because otherwise it's like yeah whatever she's impervious to damage
1: that yeah that's such a good scene dude
3: yeah showing the fact that it just ripped up her fucking hands and she was actually and she was exerting that much uh, uh energy into it is is nice and i like that and she kept quiet and shit
1: yeah I love this scene because it continues to unite them because that sleeping bag trick is something they used to do for Jackie, remember, in college. Mm-hmm. If you remember in, like, the, the opening sequence, it's like, oh, remember we used to lower you down in a sleeping bag so you can go, oh, yeah. So, like, that's, she's using that and using their, their tricks as friends. But I agree, man, when when that rope, like, cuts through her hands and, like, oh, man, it still makes me cringe, like, when she opens her hands, I guess, yeah, such a simple makeup effect, but it is really effective and shows how brutal that dish was, you know?
0: Yeah, especially in the context of the scene. Yeah. So Trina, like, is able to make her way around the house and unlock the door to get Abby out. But they have to get Jackie first. So they are looking around the house and um, they end up going into the boys room and they open the closet. But it's the fucking two dead hippies from the beginning of the movie Charlie's fucking head is in a bird cage and the other chick is like on the back of the door well then we get the shock of the movie for me
2: at least of finding Jackie just just stuffed in a fucking dresser
0: oh I thought Munchie was in the top bunk that's and she was in the bottom and in the drawer well I mean they
2: pull her out and again not to keep joking about this because it's really not a subject to be joked about much like we talked about during our Draniac episode I think a couple years back. Uh, so yeah, they, they pull, they open this drawer and they pull her out and she's black and blue all over. She just, these guys just went at it all night, beating her and doing what they wanted to her. And
0: she, she's barely alive. Yeah.
2: It's, it's hard, man. They did a great job with the uh, makeup to really send that message
0: home. Uh, So they take her out of this drawer and they're carrying her through the house and this is like now now you're on the edge of your seat cuz you're like okay what the fuck is going to happen. They have this they have this woman who's incapacitated that both of them need to carry themselves and they're walking down the stairs and you know you're like how the fuck are they going to get out of here? I don't know why they didn't just go out the front door that Trina came into cuz she like walks past that and goes to the kitchen. But then out of nowhere Ike like jumps through I don't know what and like knocks them down and Adley and Ike are about to fucking beat the shit out of trina and and abby but then mama starts fucking screaming from the front lawn well because she got left alone you know nobody cares
2: about her protection you better get out here queenie's gonna get me you left me alone
0: and she's a dirt and she fucking rips deer's throats out and she's a depraved maniac monster thing
3: uh i do like that ike did the uh the good old baldwin to get across the room he just fucking leaped in the air and just belly flopped across something He'll be
1: breaking that out again later. <laughs> oh, he's dolphin done. I love I love his attack call too. They're like, like oh yeah, whatever, whatever the hell that is. Like it's not it's not re- reproducible.
3: I saw it on Xena once. <laughs> also mixed with like a pig squeal.
1: Yeah, it is it is bizarre and like like comical. It's like are you serious, buddy? You know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs>
0: But it's this giant lurch motherfucker jumping at you. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, who sounds like Kurrigan from the WWF. He's like He does
1: have a very bassy voice for sure.
3: Yeah.
2: So they go out there to check on mom and she says all that and basically like, Yeah, but what about the girls? And she's like, Ah, you're just so worried about the girls. What about me? So it's like mom's like basically her craziness is actually
0: allowing them to get away. Right. But that this scene is that scene where it kind of tells you that all of this is at the cost of her being crazy, right? Like, uh, what am I trying to say? She's facilitating their escape, but it doesn't matter because she's fulfilling her, her needs or, or what have you. You, you. you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. She's like, fuck them. Who cares about them? Like, what about me? Like, you're supposed to do what I say, and you're supposed to be around
2: me all the time and take care of me. Right. Which, you know, works out for a protagonist because then they, uh, they head off into the forest... And, uh, they find, like, a little alcove to kind of duck down into, and, uh, they, they cover up Jackie and leaves and shit, kind of just to try to, like, give her a little warmth and to, uh, you know, hide her just in case they get found. And then, uh, Trina, she's gonna go back to town, get- find the car and, uh, get help.
0: But they ended up taking the battery out of the fucking car. She uses those beer cans to get back to the car, which came back in a big way. Yeah, little Gretel here. And all in the midst of this, Jackie passes away, and you're like, what you're like oh she's just gonna die not recover and you know Abby's there with her while she while she passes away and uh that's kind of when Abby hits that hits that breaking point she's like all right this is this is fucked up, right? If this
2: was any uh, other movie, she would have been putting the mud under the eyes and putting the bandana on,
3: well. <laughs> and she would have attended her serial killer killing camp. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, that's the next montage, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. Right, it's to the, to the you're the best around.
2: <laughs> but yeah, she uh, she just basically for the next series of scenes, while Trina's trying to find help, we just keep cutting back to Abby just sitting there lifeless. Uh, hold, holding on to Jackie, just exactly, Joe, mourning, and it's uh, very
0: sad, very well executed. Holding her uh, college ring and just kind of spaced out while Trina gets chased by Ike, and Ike does that fucking, the cop thing where, like, he fakes her out. He's like, I'm the co- I'm the police, but not really. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that. You uh, think that's his day job? He's a cop? Maybe. You think he's hanging out with, like, Arlie
2: Ermey or some shit? He might. He might. Or he killed Arlie Army and he took his fucking cop car.
3: Guys, he got this trick from the rune stone, okay? He saw a werewolf dress up as a cop once and he was like, that's a good
0: idea. that That's what it was. Yeah, he saw it on USA on his television and he's like, oh, look at that. A werewolf wearing a cop hat? I could do that.
3: A werewolf A werewolf with a sense of humor? I can get behind that.
2: <laughs> I can get behind that. But she does run away from him for a while and then she's hiding like behind some bushes and she, for like a solid minute... I know they're trying to,
0: like... Build tension?
2: Yeah, but it's, like, a little too much in this part for me because it's, like, a solid minute of her reaching for this rock. She finally gets
0: it. Well, it does its job because you're like, all right, get on with it, you know?
2: Yeah, so she grabs it, throws it, and he, again, like Connor said, much like that jump across the kitchen table, he dolphin dives into the (laughs) brush, and he just goes flying down this hill like Chris Farley in, uh, was that Black Sheep? (laughs) And uh, he's he's flying down, flipping around, like, ah! like tumbling down this fucking hill
3: it's a great wide shot of like this dude just just eating shit and it's like it's one of those stunts where it's like yeah this guy just tossed himself down a hill. Like,
0: well, yeah. Yeah,
2: like Petey straw except he wasn't buck naked this time. Imagine whacking your dick on, like, a rock on the way down or something. Even
3: fully clothed. Dude, I can't imagine, like, the the risks involved just hurling yourself down, like, some kind of, <laughs> like, rugged terrain in the fucking dark with, like, low budget film lights around you. It's like, what if something happens? Then it happens. Down you go.
0: Well, hopefully it doesn't. See ya. Hopefully you
3: don't, <laughs> hopefully you don't crash for manhood on that rock down there.
0: We get a fucking full Queenie lore dump here. Because we cut back to the house and Adley's playing fucking I don't know what uh backerack with fucking mom uh backgammon I think actually. backgammon that's what it is for <laughs> backerack excuse me
3: yeah, they're they're in there playing ba baracus I don't know what the fuck they were doing backgammon
2: <laughs> hey backerack is a real uh game it is isn't it yeah
0: anyway backgammon and then she's like oh, isn't this great you hanging out with your with your mom we're watching Letterman or whatever and here you go and he's like. I want to be out chasing the woman's next. We're going to break out the
2: Chinese checkers.
3: Damn. Sean, I can't believe how in tune you, I was with you in that joke, but you got there first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's breaking out the Chinese checkers. They're going to play a little, uh, uh, Stratego, play some categories. It's going to be a long night. <laughs>
3: some Yahtzee, just lots of bland party games. Boggle.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we get the, the Lord of Queenie and she's, and he's like, you know, I want to, because the whole thing is like, he wants to go out and chase the the girls with Ike. And he's like, and she's like, no, that's Ike's job. You got to stay here with your mother and hang out with me because of Queenie or whatever. And he's like, you know, Ike says that you just tell us that Queenie's out there because you don't want us to leave you. And she's like, you're a piece of shit. What are you talking about? I fucking dare you.
2: (laughs) He actually says grandma said that she's not real. I'm
0: like, grandma, wait, where, where the hell's grandma? Where's this grandma character? Well, he says grandma told me that she shot Queenie and cut her ear off and he has the ear
3: that she cut off (laughs) you never see this ear ever again he's like look i got the ear and she's like
1: that's bullshit put it away (laughs) yeah but that ear is so important to you because it helps you identify queenie
0: yes true but it
1: doesn't help mom's case (laughs) you know what i mean no it doesn't it doesn't at all
0: mom's like oh you know she broke my neck when i was a baby in the crib that's why i wear this brace forever i guess or something and she's like yeah that's true but grandma killed her and he's like she's like no she she set her
2: free she's still out there just think about that for a second though i'm in a neck brace for life uh I, honestly it's because you live in the woods and you live off the grid like you could probably get that fixed like maybe like five decades ago
3: i mean at this point like god knows what's happened to the bones in her neck if that's true if she's just been wearing a neck brace like for 50 fucking years like if she takes that thing off She's probably not be able to turn her fucking head. It's just like jello in there. Oh man, it's like death becomes her. The fact that the neck brace was just there and like it only got brought up a few times, my brain was going to the wildest places. Like, what if they just take that off and her head just rolls off? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish. That would be kind of interesting.
3: Like like it's fucking the wolf among us, where it's some magical thing. We're just keeping her head on.
2: <laughs> I do kind of like it though, just from like a character uh, appearance angle, because it, it gives her character. You know, if you just see this picture of this woman, if you haven't seen the movie, you're like, huh, she just has a neck brace. That's kind of different. Yeah. Yeah,
3: it draws your eyes into that detail because you're going to ask, like... What happened? Like, why is this alone walking around a knee brace? Like, it is kind of like I'm. This is a lofty comparison, but it's the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, in Fury Road, like Max has a knee brace and he has a limp, but they never dwell on it. And you're just like, oh, this dude's been fucked up by the wasteland. So yeah, it's visual storytelling. Yeah,
0: well, baby Sasquatch broke her neck in the crib, so that's her excuse. <laughs> so it's, then she has like this little back and forth where it's that kind of thing where she's like, oh yeah, well you you go out you go out with your brother and you just leave me here. It plays the whole like, woe is me kind. Of thing, and then like plays into his, like, uh, I think they're Irish, Joe. You get a little bit of Irish guilt there. Uh, I think there's a little Italian
2: guilt
3: there, too. <laughs> A little New Jersey guilt, let's say. Yeah. I have no concept of Italian guilt, so that's a foreign concept to me. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same Where they
0: make you feel bad for doing something that, you know, you want to do. Even though in this case it's going to murder two or three women, but that that's the kind of dynamic that we were talking about before. So then Trina
2: makes her way back to Abby and finds out that Jackie has passed away, and uh, they carry her body off in the morning uh to give her a proper burial
0: they take this
3: woman th-
0: through the fucking uh to- they're trying to take her to fucking mordor
3: where are they going with her oh, they take her over the river and through the woods okay like <laughs>
0: yeah
2: <laughs> to mama's house we go because at this point now they're just they're basically going full revenge at this point like you know what they killed our fucking friend we can't find our way out of here the car is destroyed basically without the battery uh let's just kill these assholes
0: yeah well they they the whole thing is they're going to get revenge for jackie cuz like that's what they that's what they did that's been kind of the whole catharsis of the film is the fact that like uh they're I guess, growing as people. Well, like you said earlier, Joe, they always had her back and now she's dead. They couldn't help her. Yeah. They're,
2: they're at least going to help her after her death, and, you know, bring her soul peace, I suppose.
0: Their friendship due diligence to, 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 to fucking, <laughs> to kill these fucking... The rat pack
3: sticks together. Well, aren't you the way you've always wanted, which is to kill some rednecks in the woods of New Jersey? <laughs> yes.
0: Now Abby has broken free of her meekness. I guess that's why Jackie had to die, question mark? Yeah. I mean, again, I kind of do like the execution of that uh trope in this movie.
3: Well, there's some uh, extra baggage to Abby that they unleash in you uh, unleash on you a little later. But yeah, yeah, this is the start of something interesting. Oh, yeah, we can get we can start fucking
0: rolling right into this because uh, I love that scene. But uh, yeah, so we so we're gearing up to go fuck some dudes up. Uh, We got a hatchet. We got a fucking uh, antenna. That I thought they were going to use for something else, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they go to break into the house and uh, or uh, okay. Let me preface that with the fact of like there's a quick scene between Ike and Mama and uh, and Adley. Where they had, well, there there it is again. It's that kind of thing where, like, you know, he let his mother down and, and, you know, his mother's, like, not speaking to him and, like, making him feel like shit. Now, again, in the context, they're talking about killing these women, but, like, put anything else in there. Like, uh, y- you know, y- you got a B on your report card instead of an A. You know what I mean? Right. But it's funny, too,
2: because even though they are talking about these grim things, Joe, uh, they're in this, like, five-by-five-foot fucking room, and she's saying. It's a basement. Yeah, she's like, Adley, you tell your brother this, and then she says it, and then he starts trying to relay it, but he's a moron, so he keeps, like, forgetting what she just said. He's like, Mom,
1: I can't do
0: this! You never want to experience shit like that, because it's really, f- I mean, that's fucked up. I-, I-, I Again, Josh I brought it before, like, you kind of feel for these for these guys, albeit, you know, they are horrible people, but, like, they are a product of this woman. <laughs> You know, yeah, now agreeing yeah, and
1: they're completely dependent
0: on her exactly, and
1: and I think that's what speaks to it is that you are right, you could put anything in that situation and you see this like just they just want to please their mother and even though it's completely and like just awful and depraved and and insane, it's like that's all they exist for. they only exist to to make her happy, you know, and it's it's just it's, it's powerful, I guess,
0: right, yeah, well, if they deviate from that they they're they're scorned for it. You know what I mean? You can't be your own person or do your own thing. You have to do what I tell you to do. Um, the
3: way I you to do it, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. I wonder if Mother knows uh, uh, Vera from Dead Alive. <laughs> <laughs> no one will love you like your mother.
0: So anyway, this is the big climax where they fuck these dudes up. Oh my god, she fucking marves this guy, but it actually does damage. Now, it's not as satisfying as I'd like it to be, but it's fine. They're, they're like, unlocking the door to get in, and, uh, and Adley, like, hears them coming in, and Adley goes to open the door and attack... Uh, Trina and fucking Abby from the back stabs him through the neck with a fucking antenna from the car and it comes out the front.
2: Yep. Trina takes this fucking claw hammer and jams it into his balls and there's this blood everywhere he
3: gets the fucking business end of a hammer in the testicles
0: it's a fucking hatchet guys it's a small hand axe oh i thought it was a hammer oh okay no it's a small hand axe well either way he's never
2: uh he's not doing anything with anything downstairs ever again
0: the best part is the end where like she's she uh abby like jumps on top of him and starts stuffing like cloth into his mouth to suffocate him oh yeah
2: and and it takes a little while.
1: This is a really interesting death to me and I think it's really you know there's a lot going there's some layers going on there if it, yeah. uh, it's necessarily there but I mean obviously they they essentially castrate this guy because of the sexual violence that he he did to their friend. You know what I mean? And I think like that speaks to me. I think that's there and I mean it's it's definitely the way, you know, a good way for him to die. And at the end it's like they stood they shove these galls in his mouth but that's what they did to them, and the, when they captured them too. So you have to remember that, and I think it's really fitting. It,
3: yeah, it's they're returning the depowerment that they got from these two. They're, 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 it's you know, it's the it's the thirty hours of pain from the crow. Like everything you just gave, you gave us, we're going to give back to you tenfold. Exactly,
0: and that you know, that double entendre of totally. I, if you even want, I mean, you could make that correlation with like uh, oral sex or whatever, but like he's yeah,
1: yeah, and I think it, it's forced. I like it, yeah, for sure. It's a good death for him. So
2: then they're outside. Uh, they're I think they're trying to move his body, and Ike just fucking like suicide dives out of window <laughs> into them.
1: He does the call again.
2: <laughs> he does. Yeah, and then he's like
0: my baby brother you killed my brother you dirty rat <laughs> i'm the last of the rat pack now oh wait that was you guys
2: what anyway you need to die now <laughs>
0: <laughs> with
2: a Rat
1: pack i'm sorry
0: the Shat pack uh, so he 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 starts choking Trina
2: to death. Yeah, and Abby, what does she grab? Like some like cleaning fluid or some shit. Drano.
0: She dumps powdered Drano down this fucking dude's mouth. Ah, uh, it's pretty cool.
3: I love that. Uh, whenever this happens in a horror film, it always has the same exact effect. It doesn't matter what it is. Someone will grab like rat poison, Drano, some kind of like powdered, flaky chemical substance, and like it. It's like a volcano with fucking vinegar and like baking soda. Like they just pour it in the throat. <laughs> and they're like and then just instantly just volcanic eruptions of blood. It must have been
0: her grandmother's draino, because it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He runs back into the house after them. And they end up getting into a struggle and they smash a fucking television on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets up and writhes about for a while <laughs> and they like they electrocute him to death you think he's dead or whatever but then uh you know he grabs trina and she ends up fucking child's play toing him because she grabs this electric knife off the counter and just stabs the living shit out of this guy oh yeah he gets what's coming to him
2: which is you know now that i say that out loud that's what the old man was saying to them as they were leaving his shop that they're gonna get with what's deserved and it's kind of like no, I mean, one of them, unfortunately, it did uh, on some level, but these other guys, they definitely got their comeuppance.
0: But what, what what's that to say? Don't let people walk all over you or else that's what happens. You get fucking killed by weird people
1: in the woods.
2: Me? Uh, yeah, I guess. Kind of
0: right.
1: I mean, I think he was, she's just a, a victim of unfortunate events most of her life. Yes. I mean, I think like this was this was the ultimate misfortune. And then she's just
0: destined to do that, I guess.
1: And her friends were always there to redeem her, right? That's what she was talking about. She's like, you guys have always been there for me. I wish you guys were still around in my real life. Right. So now they're going to avenge her death. And like to jump from that back to uh, Ike's death, which I think like this might be a stretch, but I have thought about it because we look at consumerism a lot in this movie, right? So when she yeah. takes the Drano, it's a very obvious shot. Like, here's some Drano. Like, this is draino. Yeah and then she runs over and then shoves it down his throat right like consumerism is being shoved down their throat right yeah i don't know if that's a stretch but like that's something that happens and that where they got their like literally being fed down their their throat and then smashing a television on his head that's going to literally fry his brain yeah Right, so the television has fried their brain. So, I mean, like, I think there's something there. It's cool. I love these yeah for these guys.
2: Uh, but this movie ends with uh, them cornering Mom, and uh, they're going to do some evil shit to her as payback.
3: Abby exercises a fucking demon is what she does. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Abby
0: does this trick, too, cause because before in the movie, Jackie, like, tricks them like she got stabbed in the back and, like, goofs on them, and she kind of, and Abby does the same thing to, to trick Mom into thinking that she was stabbed by one of the boys and she's like, hey, you you got what you deserve from my boys. La, la, la. Took a victory lap way too soon. Oh yeah, because uh, she gets up and Trina's behind her and they fucking grab her and lasso her to the bed. And Abby suffocates mom, grabs grabs a it's an I guess it's like an inflatable pillow, but it's a pair of tits. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be cheeky right up to the end there, Mr. Kaufman, huh?
2: <laughs> well, my brother said, you know, it'd be kind of funny even though it was fucked up, so
0: I did it. Yeah, but that juxtaposed ab- uh, about, what like Connor just said, like, Abby exercising her demons is just, like, insane.
3: Well, there's also, like, look how look how dotering of a woman this was over her fucking, her, yeah, like... I'm sorry, but and this is gross, but who's to say this woman wouldn't try to breastfeed these two fucking assholes? Oh Christ! So then, to have like the visual, like idea of this woman being suffocated by a pair of inflatable breasts is probably there's probably some weird psychology there. I'm not the one who's really qualified to to dissect it too much, but there's something there.
1: I absolutely agree, and I think there is something there. There's a that item was specifically chosen
0: yeah i think it I, I it just dawned on me now but like yeah it's the smothering from
1: the mothering <laughs> straight up yeah because these these boys are literally still on their mother's teeth like they at her beck and call and also it's like again with the consumerism and stuff it's like a cheap yeah toy I mean, like it's a cheap plastic see-through uh boob pillow like who's gonna buy that you know i mean like i mean these people are because that's what's fed to them and like it's 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 really clever i think there's some depth to it that's really cool
0: absolutely so abby has a complete fucking shutdown like or freak out rather she so she's strangulating mama with it before she goes to put the pillow over her face mama's like i'm a sick woman i'm a sick woman and that like triggers abby right good callback yeah all of the years that you know her mother's Put her through and put her down, and all of the care that she's given her, and she's just shit on her the whole life. And she kind of releases that through killing with without killing her own mother. She kills this other old woman. She goes full Silent Hill two in on this one. Oh man! So she ends up just like taking out all those aggressions on on this old woman. I mean, rightly so. To, for this particular woman, but you know, wishing that she could have killed her own mother—I mean—is a pretty powerful fucking scene. And she keeps hearing her mother in her head as she's doing it, and then she finally passes. Mama finally passes, and then—and and, you know, Abby breaks down in—in the, in the right next to the dead body, and it's so weird to see them all. Like Katrina's just kind of in shock on the side. She's like kind of cradling. Mama and Abby's on the ground crying, and the television's on, and this weird fucking like bad like uh, uh you bare fur bedspread on this.
1: It's weird. Yeah, it's a really intense scene, and I think Nancy yeah. Hendrickson as Abby does a fantastic job here because that it was so intense because you know Abby's character is she's talk she's speaking to her mother while while she's suffocating you know Mama, you know she's speaking directly to her mom, you know, and it's like I think. In that moment, she's killing two people, you know, and like it's when when she's done, that's why she screams and like curls into a ball and just like cannot and is just totally beside herself because in her mind, she's just killed two people. I'm sure she feels guilt about like killing her mom in her head and then killing this actual woman, you know, even though she's absolutely horrible. So I think it's a really powerful scene.
0: Absolutely. And then she's free kind of after that, you know? Yeah. Totally. So, they just leave, and they, they end up burying Jackie, and um, Katrina's like, oh, you know, there's a reason we survived, you know, we're meant to survive, and uh, Abby's kind of like, well, what do you mean? And it, it never really gets elaborated on, but, like, because they're survivors, question mark, and, and the way... That Jackie went like sometimes people you know that can't hack it I guess are just you know destined like we just talked about for you know two hours <laughs> Dest- destined to not uh, uh you know. To, to be walked all over and, and get the shit
2: into the stick of life, you know? Well, it's like that kind of that thing where it's like destiny is a cruel mistress because it's like Jackie just was the one that they picked out of the group. Like it could have been any one of them and uh the other two survive, but you know, they know it could have been them. And then
0: <laughs> to cap off all of that and you you know, you're and and, and you <laughs> And you know you're think you're thinking about this and you're like, wow, that was really deep that's actually a really deep scene and all the stuff. And then the fucking Sasquatch woman jumps out of the bushes with no with one ear missing the van gogh sasquatch god damn
3: it look i'm all for having a, a separate movie all about queenie altogether but like after all that where you had a whole bunch like a slew of meaningful shit to have the monkey grandma just jump out of the fucking woods and freeze <laughs> frame on that i was like oh fuck you like
1: so they're both dead right i love that twist ending cuz it's so bad like <laughs> it's you just like because it 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 does give you these powerful scenes at the end right and these incredible these these cool performances great performances and then you're like oh wow this movie is just insanely stupid yeah well just when you think they're taking it
3: seriously it's like nope his Sasquatch grandma it feels moderately insulting but to the point where you're like okay all right I can accept this (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it.
2: Was that an Uncle Lloyd edition? Like, hey, bro, you know, come on, you gotta have something real wacky at the end. This is trauma, like, come on,
3: come on. It's it's the '80s. Everyone's got one of these at the end of their fucking movies. I'm
2: paying. I'm paying
3: for it. Wait, where's the monster?
1: I thought trauma wanted nothing nothing to do with this at first, right? I thought like Lloyd wanted to be. He asked Lloyd to be a part of it, and he said no.
0: Yeah, I, I think so because it doesn't get distributed by trauma until late, much later.
1: Yeah, I mean, he didn't want anything to do with this movie, so this was completely Charles Kaufman. And I mean, like. I think that's what's the coolest thing about this movie. And I think why it like impacted me so much when I was younger, because I bought it, you know, it's one I bought this VHS at a dollar store, you know, and there was like 50 copies of this movie that's on a rack and I picked it up and I watched it endlessly. Like, you know, I watched, I've seen this movie over like 130 times or something. So, I mean, it's like looking at it now, like at 36, it's watching it again today. It's still one of my favorite movies, but there is, there is this incredible separation of like, really serious like thoughtful like you know cinema stuff and then all this just like wacky like comedy like what the hell is happening
3: here trauma trash it's it's a it's it is it is a move that is of two minds it's trying to be a trauma movie at some points but then it also has like some shit it actually wants to say which is kind of weird to see come from like even if you said it was distributed later but like to see something with a trauma like brand on it come out like that is saying something so heavy is kind of refreshing.
0: Well, that's the that's the kind of that's that's the movies that we love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, surface level, if somebody comes and looks at this and like, oh, that's a that's a stupid, you know, whatever rape revenge exploitation movie. But again, there is more to it than that. And the best kinds of these films are where they have something to say, and it's kind of shrouded. In, with with this other uh, uh, zaniness over over the message, you know what I mean. Where and it's not like it's not like egregious either, you know what I mean. I, I mean it's there for sure, but it's not it's never like so.
1: Um... No, but I think I, I understand what you're saying. You know, I mean I think that there, this movie has some rough spots in it for sure, and they're hard to watch. And but it also it's part of the story. It's part of why you, you get behind you know the protagonist and why you hate the family you know, because it's, it's just, it's powerful. Like it's effective. Of course, those things are hard to watch and don't really age well at all, you know, and, but that's part of like, it's a product of its time. For sure. Absolutely. You know, and I think like watching this movie when I was 16 or 17, you know, I'm 36 now, it was, it was a different experience. And I think like, man, there's, there's still watching it today. It remains one of my favorite films because it has so much going on. And like, it, it really is like, for a low budget, I think it was like $110,000 or hundred and thirty or something like that. Like, it's a really effective, like, co- like a horror movie. You know, I almost said comedy horror, but there are elements of comedy.
0: No, oh, yeah. Dark comedy for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dark comedy for sure. And I mean, the satire is all there. And like, it's, it's, um, you no, know, no, it's a classic for me. So I'm happy we got to talk about it today.
0: Yeah. Totally. You know, every episode we do this, but you know, is this, uh, where are we putting this? In the dumpster or is it on the shelf?
3: Sorry to think about this. I think this is a. Pretty effective and good horror film that actually does some interesting things and also does kind of give you some levity and some like weird comedy to kind of uh to settle your nerves a little bit. But when this is over, uh, I kind of thought about it and I do not think I'm cut out for this kind of movie anymore due to some recent changes. I found myself to be hypersensitive to a lot of stuff that was going on, and I can acknowledge the strengths this movie uh, i don't think it has too many weaknesses i personally had difficulty getting through it uh so i don't really know where to put it i guess like shelf but also like kind of like mm, yeah there it is you, you you bought it to have it yes but you're never gonna watch it again <laughs> <laughs> yes i i do, and like in watching the remake and like i didn't mention this but like after the remake was over, like again, I'm still doing something, and like I spit on your grave. Two came out, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm just so good with all of this now. I don't, I, I just don't think I'm personally cut for this kind of move anymore. But if, uh, but you know, you're all f- free to enjoy it, and so is everybody else. But yeah, it's no longer for me. So yeah, uh, shelf, but you know, with an asterisk. Sure.
0: Uh, yeah, this is shelf for me. Um, there, there's so much, there's so much here to to kind of unpack in. in- in a in a few different ways, uh, like we've done. I mean, I can't really <laughs> speak any more to it than we've kind of broken it down. But like, uh, it it's just one of the it's one of those classic you know eighties gems that really kind of st- st- it stands the test of time. And I think a lot of the subjects that it deals with is are still uh, true today. I mean, even more so, Jesus. Um, with, with, with social media and the internet and, and accessibility to those things and, and, uh, overindulgence and, uh, over, uh, stimulation with all that shit and how it really affects our, like, everyday lives and kind of how we relate to it and each other. But also, it's just, it's just a good, it's a good, uh, revenge romp as well, um, and it's written super well and it's shot actually super well too, especially for a low-budget flick, um, it has something to say and, uh, it still says it really well. Well, and uh, I I can't say that uh, some other films like it do or execute it uh, with as much finesse and uh, thought as this film. So, yeah, on the shelf for sure. Right next to uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Ah, For me, this was a dumpster movie. I didn't really love this movie.
2: Uh, I like a lot of things about it. Like, I like the uh, the general plot and the characters are pretty interesting. It was just, like, a little bit more intense than I'm willing to really sit to on the regular. Like, I like it on some level because it does make the impact of what happens to these people later in the movie, like, that much stronger. But I think I even talked about this kind of when we did Draniac, just to reference that again. Uh, It's just, like, anytime there's, like, rape involved in a movie, it just immediately kind of, like, it doesn't work for me, and it's just a a very sensitive topic, and it's not like I'm sitting over here, like, necessarily upset because I understand and it's a movie, but it just really takes me out of the whole thing, and, uh... You know, the, the thing at the end was just so wacky after this hyper-serious film, and it's like, all right, uh, I don't really know what that was. Are, are they going to grab a shotgun, and are they going to fight this fucking thing, or are they just going to be eviscerated? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> um, but, you know, with that said, I say dumpster. It's still kind of surface level. you got to move a couple of newspapers. you got to move the Mother's Day cars that people get rid of after a few months, <laughs> and it's there. You know, If you want to grab it and, and pop it into the old uh, VCR, you could do that, no problem. It's gonna have a little baby shit on there, but you could do it. Um, but I think I'm kind of
0: good. So yeah, so uh so Josh, where can uh, where can everyone find you and Lunchmeat VHS?
1: Yeah, I'm on LunchMeatVHS.com and uh at lunchmeetvhs on social
0: media. Awesome, man. And uh by the way, Dumpster Dwellers, uh, keep an eye out because we got some other great stuff coming up for May. Uh check out that MD guide, head over to that Instagram and see what we got cooking. Yeah. We'll
2: have another episode later this month with Newt Wallen, a uh, member of the Talking About Tapes crew, the Hack the Movies crew, talking some Son of Dracula, little Ringo Starr. Oh, yeah.
0: The the lost uh, rock and roll classic, question mark? John Bonham, Ringo Starr, uh, Harry Nilsson.
2: Maybe I'll talk about my sketch idea I've had for years that Joe knows all about, about Ringo Starr being the last Beatle. Look forward to that. It's, <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you for listening, and we love to thank everyone for listening, especially our patrons. So we want to give a shout-out to... Hunter Davenport, Brennan Lemune, The Autistic Gamer 89, Christopher, Jacob Chavez, Leonardo Roberto Talavera, Barocio. I got nothing for that one. Ah, oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> no Lamy. Happy Gor- ha- Happy Gorlami Day. Yeah. Amanda Tweed, Joe Has a Mustache, Dustin Elkins, Nick Lowry, Serge Mario, Matt Collins, Lucio Fulci's Butt, Julie Lockwood, Kyle McDonald, Nicholas Walters, Daniel Perhaps. Jacob Fonsbeck, Patrick Farmer, Tony from Hack the Movies, C.B. Smith, Arlen Harrow, John, Jennifer, Fryer, C.J. Duke, Norman Mata, LaBerdita Senorita Rico, Matt Lasky, Ken Smith, and Dustin
0: Connor. Thank you guys all for your support. Damn, that list is getting long, brother. Yeah,
2: may have to start rethinking that, uh, but for the time being, I will keep reading the names until...
0: Uh future notice. For sure. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the show. And, uh, you know, as always, for no money at all, go uh, go give us that five-star review on your, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, we'll catch you later. So that's it. That's Mother's Day from 1980, directed by
3: Charles Kaufman. If you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms.
2: You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2, 5, or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content
0: or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show. I'm Joel Escolin. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. And I'm Josh Schaefer. Thanks for visiting the dumpster.